Congressman Derek Van Orden, Wisconsin's third district. Congressman, our guest on the Crosstalk this morning. Derek, good morning. Thanks very much for talking with me. A ton to talk about on the table, but let, let's start with maybe the least controversial issue, and that would be the letter that you and other Senate colleagues sent to the Biden administration to withdraw the electric vehicle mandate. You think that will get any attention in D.C.? Well, unfortunately, I found since I've been in office now for, what, 13 months or so, the Biden administration really um, does not spend a lot of time listening to Congress, and it's very unfortunate. Uh, We are a co-equal branch of government, and we are the closest to the people as designed by the Constitution. And when we are writing these letters or having committee hearings, uh, the Biden administration should pay attention. And here's the long and short of it right now. The technology does not meet uh, it does not meet the aspiration. We saw over this last cold snap, uh, parking lot after parking lot after parking lot full of electric cars that simply could not charge because of the weather. There are no combines or choppers or uh, any other type of large farm equipment that is electric, and that's for a reason. It's because the technology does not meet the need and when the Biden administration artificially imposes these requirements, what it does is it winds up hurting the American consumer, and it's going to hurt across all aspects of our economy. And it's just, it, it, it is a great, a grand idea. Uh, Sarah Jane and I are having our 11th grandchild coming up, but we have children right now. And we want all of these kids, our grandkids and our kids, not have energy. And the again, the technology just does not match the uh, need right now. Well, it, it is interesting to me that uh, the administration has bought into a group of scientists that have the belief that our current way of life will kill the planet when all of those horrible deadlines that if we don't make major changes right away, this is going to happen by this date, uh, woe be us, then those dates come and pass and there isn't any of that horribleness. California is not underwater and, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, But the media doesn't cover those kinds of things with nearly uh, the attention that we have to make major changes right away or we're all going to drown. They cover that huge. Why why is that, I suppose? Back to the, uh, if it bleeds, it leads the way to do news. Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that is, uh, you know, that's titillating news stories, and, and they do that to sell papers. I mean, the mass media is failing writ large. You look at the LA Times and laying off, what, 30% of the newsroom because nobody listens to them anymore because they understand that they're ideologically driven. Here's the other big thing that I have. It's a very serious issue with this electric vehicle stuff. Uh, I need to remind people oftentimes that the Republican Party was established by abolitionists. And it was in Ripon, Wisconsin. A bunch of people had got together and said, hey, look, uh, slavery is just evil, and we need to stop it. And they started the Republican Party. Um, and I've had Pete Buttigieg and his deputy in front of me in committee hearings, and uh, they have freely admitted that the United States government is um, paying for child slavery in the Congo. So we are subsidizing child slavery in Congo. And the reason being is that about 4.3% of every electric car battery comes from uh, cobalt, which is this mineral. It's uh, readily available in Congo, and children are mining 
cobalt with their hands. And that is used for these electric car batteries. So Buttigieg and his deputy both admitted this publicly on television that we are subsidizing down slavery in the Congo. And I am unwilling to drive a vehicle or have anything at all that is predicated on child slavery. Now, cobalt is available in Australia, it's available in the Philippines, it's available in uh, Canada, it's also available in a couple different states in the United States, but it's bought in Congo because the labor costs uh, make it more affordable, and that's because the labor is provided by child slaves. And I will have no part of that at all. And it's absolutely shameful that the United States government is subsidizing to the tune of up to $7,000 a vehicle, um, cobalt, uh, for these, for electric cars. I'm just not going to do it. That should be a, a, the beginning and the end of all conversations when we're talking about the electrification of the fleet. And they want to have 50% of all uh, vehicles produced in the United States by 2030. That's six years from now electric and those batteries are going to be fueled by child slavery right. i just don't even know why this is a topic of discussion well in in many cases the automotive industry has said we can't meet those goals and uh, the biden administration it seems silent to uh, that uh, concern because their intention is to end gas-powered uh, cars if you can't meet these mandates of mileage then you're going to have to stop making those kind of cars. We're going to get, we're going to f- not force because it's their fault. They couldn't meet the mileage, uh, rec- the demands of the Biden administration, so they had to stop making those evil gas-powered cars. We'll get everybody into an electric car, and and uh, we won't be upgrading the uh, grid very much. We've all seen those pictures of of hey, the new charging station just got installed and it's online. It's awesome, and here they are, five or six charging stations right in a row then the broader uh, picture the camera uh, uh, pans back a little bit and you realize that that charging station that's out there on the freeway for everybody to use is being powered by a diesel a generator that's right over there just outside of the uh, camera view so uh, that ain't working the way it's supposed to work the Biden administration isn't telling everybody the full story hey I, I don't want to f- I, I want to try and take a look at uh, something else that you guys will be talking about sure. undoubtedly, uh, and that is uh, the the uh, three American uh, uh, soldiers uh, killed in a drone attack recently. The Biden administration has said that they right. will retaliate in some way. What are you hearing in D.C. about that? Well, first and foremost, I'd like to extend my greatest condolences. To the, those are three special forces soldiers from uh, Fifth Group, and. Um, I've had about 50 of my friends killed in combat and training since 9-11. So uh, this is tragic that this happened. We also just lost two SEALs a little bit ago in the Gulf of Aden. So backing up to the SEALs, those two SEALs died doing a shipboarding operation, and they were seizing advanced conventional weapons that were being provided from Iran to the Houthi rebels, the guys that are hitting the ships going back and forth in the Red Sea. These three soldiers were killed by a suicide drone that was provided by Iran. Here's the problem. The Biden administration has been projecting strategic weakness for such an extended period of time that no one is afraid to attack the United States right now. And what this leads to is now the Biden administration 
is going to have to, they're going to have to do some dramatic military operations that could lead us into World War III. It's because they failed to do peace through strength. So do we need to make sure that the Iranians don't attack the United States anymore? Yes. How we should have been doing that is making sure that they didn't do it initially. But they felt emboldened to do so because of Biden's strategic weakness, starting off by abandoning thousands of Americans and our allies to a terrorist in Afghanistan. That's why Putin invaded Ukraine. And now we've gone so far into Ukraine because Biden has to show that he is actually strong, which they're not. They're just fools. So I'm deeply concerned that our young men and women, our children, are going to be fighting World War III because Biden is completely incompetent and showed that he's completely incompetent from the time they got into office. And that is not a political statement. Just read the daily newspapers. All right, one more quickie because we're out of time. I got to I got to take you to the Mexican border. Do you support the yeah. bill that is currently uh, being worked on uh, in Congress? To, uh, to try well, and tighten up the uh, border to Mexico or not? Hey, uh, guess what? Nobody's seen it. The huh. Senate's been doing this in the dark. No, forget about it, man. Listen, the Senate is not an independent body. They're not going to develop something over there and then send it down the street and expect us to sign on. We have not worked on this at all. No, forget it. Chuck Schumer's, the, the House passed H.R. 2 in May. That's the strongest uh, bill to secure the border in the history of this country, and they blew us off. And now they, their poll numbers are bad. Now they're trying to, they're finally figuring out what we've been saying now for, for over a year since we took uh, power here in the, in the House. Negative. The Senate needs to pick up H.R. 2 that we passed in May and get that on Biden's desk now. All right. Hey, thank you very much, Congressman Derek Van Orden. I appreciate you spending uh, a few minutes with us this morning. As always, uh, more questions than time, but I'd love to do it again. Hey, in one of these days... Clear yourself an hour so that we could do Cooley Region Cooks. I miss your uh, fabulous kitchen acumen.